Hello everyone, welcome to episode 8 of the Kicking About podcast. Uh, soon to be double figures, a couple of episodes away. Come on. I'm here today with Tim. Yo, Tim, yo, what what's doing? up? All good, all good today? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Perfect. Ready for ready for another episode of Hot Takes with Ty. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, oh, oh. Hi Ty, how are you doing today? Hi guys. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Ty is, is not here tonight. Um... So it's it's another episode of me and Tim, but I've heard these go down a lot better. So we're both looking just forward a lot to more this. efficient, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but we're jumping straight into into some conversation today, in a uh, uh, a segue of one of our usual segments. Uh, and this week we've got Tim's takes. Um, mm. Not so hot. Not 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 as hot as ties. Not as controversial as ties. But uh, are you looking forward to your first Tim's takes, Tim? Um. Yeah, I think I think yeah, let's go for it, man. Let's go for it. Let's I'm go. Ready. Let, let's hear what you've got for us all this week. We're going to hit the ground running because I want to talk about Chelsea and Man United because you know very close to our hearts. Very, very. But also, I feel like they've hit a little bit of a wall. Um, not so hot recently. Um, let's have a look here. Um, you know, started the season. I mean, saying that they're top of the league, so maybe not so hot for Man United. Um, you know, Chelsea's been getting these 1-0 wins. Um, but Man United, you know, even though they're only two points off the lead, you know, if you if you take a look into, you know, Champions League results into consideration, if you look into the League Cup results into consideration, it looks like Man United is struggling for form at the moment. Okay, l- I mean, let's let's kind of break it down a little bit. As as you said, you know, United fourth in the league at the moment, not too bad, you know, same same points as Man City. Um, and same goal scored as Man City. It's it's just the goal difference of of goals conceded. Um, again, as you mentioned, Chelsea top of the league at the moment, but only again only two points ahead of United. Um, where where do you think that it that this, this wall is coming from then? I think the last two seasons. Like I'm a, I'm a big Solskjaer guy. You know, all my friends make fun of me. Uh, oh, whenever whenever we get a bad result, oh, at least they're the wheel, is it? Um, but um. I'm a big Solskjaer believer and personally I think the way he wants to build the team having Ronaldo join rejoin a team has sort of put a put a stop into that he has to rethink the way the team plays um, Man United plays from the back with Maguire as the stalwart and Maguire is not available recently that sort of doesn't help um, Rashford not being available that doesn't help um, I think Solskjaer doesn't know how to use Sancho. That doesn't help. Sancho's a tough one, isn't he's it? A he's tough still one. settling, but yeah. But he he's had similar struggles with not. I personally think uh, this is a complete tangent now because I didn't plan to talk about this. But um, um, England, um, Southgate doesn't know how to use Sancho as well. And I think Southgate's very similar to Oli. They know how they want to set up a team. They know how they want to build the team. They don't really. They know in-game tactics. They're both not very good. Uh, in-game management, they're not very good. Out-game management, like when it comes to like people management, being a people person, um, treating the wider club, you know, uh, building those stuff. They're very good at that. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think having Ronaldo rejoin the team in the final minute really altered the way Solskjaer would like to manage the club this season. So that doesn't help. Um, but I think it was a loose-loose situation for him because if we don't get Ronaldo and he goes to City, yeah, then that's a whole other thing yeah. where he has to handle because if the results don't go his way, the, the fans will be saying, oh, why didn't we get Ronaldo? We could have gotten Ronaldo. And But now, we've we've got him now. Everything has to go through him. He's got such a gravity about about him I was talking to Ty during the week and how like having players like Lukaku for Chelsea and having Ronaldo for Man United completely changes the way the team would play yeah 100% and I think the team is having a especially without key players right we look at without Rashford without Maguire these really influential people within the team it's really hard to to point the team the right way when you're trying to make those changes. Um, and this season, I think the whole team feels the pressure for Solskjaer. Um, playing with that sort of pl- pressure, pressure, um, 
uh, pressure is, I think, new for the very young team. Is it is it a case for United at the moment that they have too many leaders on that pitch? Because obviously, as you said, you know, usually you've got Maguire, you've now got Ronaldo, you've got Fernandez, who's proven, yep. you know, to be a leader. You've got Pogba on that pitch. Yep. Varane's now on that pitch. Is there a case for having too many leaders on that on that pitch all at once, and that it's hard for Solskjaer to please everyone? Personally, I don't think Pogba's a leader. I think he's a very good number two. Um, I suppose there's his ego to play with. But yeah, I think there's no clear-cut leader now because obviously before it was Maguire and um, Bruno being the on-pitch leaders. Um, And now you get Ronaldo and Varane who are very successful on their own, in their own name, come in and like if... Maguire and Varane disagree on defensive positions, defensive marking. Like, who do you go with? The guy with the four uh, Champions League titles or uh, with the World Cup title or the guy who's been your captain last year, yeah. right? When Bruno is here, uh, you know, people are talking about, you know, how, where, where should we ping the passes and wh- who should make r- what runs? Are you going to listen to four-time Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or? Is it four-time or five-time? I lost count. The guy's got five, like, I think, five. The guy's got like so many... It's probably like change for five him. Five for him, five for Messi. Six yeah, I think so. They're on. E- I don't know. They've got a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot more than we'll ever get. Yeah. So you know, the guy who's done well for us the last year and a half. Do you listen to him or Ronaldo, Mister Football, Mister Winner? Plus that international connection as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the national team, Bruno ba- barely gets a look, yeah. and Ronaldo is the, the the manager when he's not playing. Yeah. So who are you going to look to? I think there's a lot of dynamics that a lot of us casual fans are not looking into and it's not as simple as oh social can't manage yeah no completely completely um going into that wall as you said obviously results have slowed down for both teams probably mm. from that start of the season you know united's first four games their only hiccup was that 1-1 draw with southampton yeah chelsea's only hiccup was the 1-1 draw with liverpool in, in which reese james was sent off um has part of this wall come from the addition of the midweek games now? So obviously, both teams Champions League, both teams had cup games a couple of weeks ago in the week. Yeah. Um, and kind of when you look at those results since, I know Chelsea's last three a loss to City, yeah, a one nil loss to Juventus, and then the three one win against Southampton at the weekend. But again, that was that was hard for. I know United's last couple of games were. Uh, I've lost them now. This is not great. Wasn't it? They haven't been great, but it's it. it I wouldn't say it's necessarily been bad. Here we go. I've got them back again. Uh, it's the one 0 loss to Villa, the two one win against Villarreal again. It was a hard fought fought win. It was a last it. minute winner, yeah. and the draw against Everton at the weekend. Which ha- could have been lost. Have, have those midweek games? You know, we look at these teams, and they do have squad depth. I know Chelsea have a lot more squad depth than maybe United do, but d- do these midweek games play play a huge impact? Um, I'm just going to look this up. Uh, Harry Maguire, when did he come off injured? Um, Was it against West Ham? He definitely played the he played the two one win against West Ham. Was it? Didn't play in the cup. Um, Harry Maguire, I think, is not having him. He came off against Villa. Yeah, um, not having him plays a big part, I think. Like last season, he was with us all the way up till, and even with England, you can see that the pre- the lack of Maguire and the reason why Southgate took him to, well, I say it was took him to Europe, but like we were play- we were in England most of the tournament, um, took him with the team was because he they know how important Maguire is. Yeah, and I think without Maguire in the last few weeks. The team doesn't know how to defend. There's no defensive shape. There's no like urgency going forward, and there's a reason why we're we're leaking goals. We are leaking this w- these one nil goals um, because Maguire actually covers a lot of ground, covers a lot of defensive flaws that um, the team makes, and he's a big big presence even going forward. And I think the team is missing that. Yeah, I think especially like you look at the the goal against. 
Everton and the Townsend celebration yep. and the mocking of Ronaldo. Yeah. Clubs play both players and fans of other clubs are gonna jump on any big team this season that yeah. aren't performing Absolutely. the way they are because of the signings that have been made. You know, Grealish for a hundred million to City, Lukaku for what ninety eight million to Chelsea, Ronaldo going back to United. Fans and and players of different clubs will jump on that because they'll see it as such a huge failure. But also in Premier in the Premier League, every club is a big club. Yeah. Maybe minus Norwich. I say this as a Norwich supporter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a long way to go. But like all these clubs, like, you know, especially look at these clubs of history, right? West Ham and Everton, with all the money they've been given through the years, through the Premier League TV licensing deals, these are big clubs. They are run like one. And traditionally, like, you know, 20 years ago, if you look back at football, when we started watching football 10, 15 years ago, yeah, sure, that, you know, big clubs are like Man United. You know, at the Chelsea, we know they're de- definitively big yeah. clubs. But when these clubs are starting raking in hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds, yeah, okay, Man United might be, you know, might have a few hundred more. The mentality changes. Yeah, 100%. And so, you know, when I, I saw the, the, the Andres Townsend celebration, like, yeah, yeah, you know, we talk so much about, oh, we're going to be kings again. We're going to be, you know, the best in the league again. Like, you know, people just want to shut up. Yeah. Like shut up, win games, and then start talking. I get annoyed by other Man United supporters. It's kind of like, you know, all of this summer we've been singing is coming home. And when it didn't come home, um, Benocci went, went straight to the camera and went, it's coming Rome. Yeah, People just want us to shut up. Yeah, that celebration with Jorginho. I'd never forgive Jorginho for that. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to segue onto, onto big clubs in a second. I've just got one more question around Ole for you. Yeah. Um, as a United fan, is... Ole too nice of a manager. And the reason I'm saying that is because you've got managers in the Prem at the moment who, like Pep, like Tuchel, aren't afraid to upset players by leaving them on the sidelines. Yeah. Obviously, we saw that rotation at the weekend against Everton where he brought Martial back, and I'm glad for Martial, he got yeah. his goal. He brought Cavani back into the side, benched Ronaldo. Is Ole trying to be a people pleaser and give everyone minutes and keep them happy rather than do what's best for the club? Well, you know who's not getting minutes? Van der Beek. Well, yeah, Here we go. Yeah, Here's my yeah, one yeah. time that I mentioned Van der Beek. Yeah. I, I don't know. Obviously, on the public, he's very nice to everyone. But I've seen him also giving a load of crap to to players. So I don't think, I don't think he is a people pleaser per se. But also... I think when you get a big personality like Ronaldo coming to the club, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna rethink your position a little bit, especially when you're quote unquote unproven. And then this week, I don't know if you've seen like the yesterday, I think a video uh, surfaced with Sir Alex talking to Khabib. No, I haven't, s- Khab- I haven't seen it. Yeah, he was basically talking how like um, it was during or after the Everton game when Ronaldo got bench, so Alex came up to say, you should start your team with your best players. And and the media response took it as a dig at, at Solskjaer for not starting Ronaldo. I, I'm sure Sir Alex didn't meant for it to come on in public because it was a private conversation between him and Khabib. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is going to add to it. And I think what I worry is Solskjaer is going to over-worry about it. Yeah. My o- my second worry is if we fire him because the the chopping block has started with Watford. 100%. Who are we going to replace him with? Cuz as far as I can tell, you've got a list, but as far as I can tell the only really good manager is Conte. Yeah. And Conte is r- really s- um fussy about how his teams are. He is kind of like a Mourinho light in the way he builds his team. He needs to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Everywhere he's went with Juventus, Inter Milan and Chelsea, he spends lots of money, which I'm sure Man United is happy to give him. And he's never been there for too long. Yeah, he's... Yeah. It's tough, that li- that list. Like, if you were to build a short list of players, who would you put on there? I mean, Ernesto Valverde, who was Barcelona manager again nearly two years ago. He He was there. Frank Lampard's available. I don't see Lampard... Imagine. ...going across to United at the moment. You've got Pirlo, you've got Conte, you've got Frank De Boer, you've got Gattuso, who's still out there. Um, <laughs> who who else do you have? Like Klinsman. Oh, I there do is like no Klinsman. Other bi- there is no other big name. Man- uh, VS Boas is still out there. He's had big 
Chelsea teams legend. in the past, but not recently. Like no. there is, there isn't that star-studded no. manager shortlist you used to having. Yeah. Who, uh, who, who, who do you bring back? That's my only hope. For uh, this is a while ago now, and now that he's Liverpool manager, that hope is dashed. But I really wanted Jurgen Klopp. You never know. He might, he might fancy a different challenge at some point. Not at Man United. You mm. never know. I think Enfield would crucify him if he ever could jump ship. It's, it, it is highly unlikely, but I, d- I just don't think you can ever rule anything out in football. It's like him going to Bayern Munich. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I admit it is highly unlikely, but I'd never close that door fully. I, I, I just don't know who we're going to replace him with. Like, Conte yeah. is the only one, and I, and I, I kind of don't see... He will be here for like a year or two, win one or two trophies, great, and then we'll go back to obscurity again. Would Would you take a manager like Eddie Howe? Ooh. Fairly young. Yeah. Has proven himself in the Premier League with Bournemouth. You know, he kept them afloat for a couple of seasons. Yep. Albeit they did go down with him, but is this like a, a, a build for the future? Would you take an Eddie Howe? But like Howe? David Moyes, he's proven in the Premier League. That's yeah. the, th- I think that's the problem. If you go any less, then why are, why are we not any less? But are we going with a n- not a big name manager? Then why are we taking away Solskjaer? Because he's proven at this club, he's able to sustain it as a high le- at a high level. Not the hu- highest of level that we want him to be yet, but he has proven that he can make no- something out of nothing. The question is, can he make something out of something? Yeah. Um. I, I yeah I, I I just don't see what's the point of us going to another eager to prove himself manager. Yeah, no that 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 is fair. That is fair. Um, to be fair, part of me was wishing that Ari Ari was here this week as well to <laughs> cry on all of the people who captained well, Ronaldo. He, and here's the football. thing: I kept um, Bruno on. I didn't take uh, him off for Ronaldo. Not that it reaped much benefit. So I thought he was going to do a hat trick. Still points. Um, I know if um, speaking of big clubs. And big name managers. Um, I know if Ty was here, he would probably be shouting for. Oh, this, oh, I know where this is going already. Yeah. Uh, what's his name again? Yeah, I think we should just move on. To be honest, well, I don't even think we should discuss it. Leeds, you know, we we should talk about Leeds. We and you know, are they a big club? No, let's move on. Uh, they're a historical club, uh, not a big one. But you know, Ty did want us to point out that the best manager. In the world, picked up three points this uh, this last weekend, and that's that one. They've got one win. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, well done, Bielsa. Um, let's, let's move on. Well done, Leeds. Let's cheer. We've mentioned it now. Are you happy? Cool. Bye. Um, so and ov- obviously, there's a, a, a an, another club who have been doing really well in the Prem recently. I, I think this is this is on the topic of big clubs and small this, clubs this and whatever is, that this means. Is, this is a, an epitome of big clubs and small clubs at the moment. This is my my real question is. Uh, I suppose going out into it is are are the term big clubs still relevant? Because this week, all of them, most of these big clubs across Europe lost. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if big clubs are as big as they used to be. Now, now compared to like you know, yeah, the age of the big four. I mean, if 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 we touch on the big clubs. To start off with, in England, in the Premier League, this this last weekend, the only big clubs that we'd class that got wins were Tottenham and Chelsea. Yeah, that that's it. Leicester drew. I mean, they're a kind I mean, of new I mean, big club. We're talking about. It's kind about. of unfair because it was Liverpool v Man City. Liverpool City two two. Arsenal Brighton nil nil. United Everton one one. But it's it, it's it's such an arbitrary thing because you know again when we we're growing up ten fifteen years ago it was the big four, and then we expanded it to the big six. And then, but like, you know, two of the quote-unquote big six are not there anymore because, you know, yeah, they've, Arsenal they've and Tottenham. And then Leicester this year, wh- whatever the hell they're doing. They, they've dropped off as well. Yeah. <laughs> and like for me, as a Man United supporter, watching Man United, there's always a certain uncertainty. And I feel the same about, like, I, I, I don't have any Chelsea players on my fantasy team. And maybe that's my downfall because I'm not doing very well. But, you know, I don't have faith in that. That that big win that you, we come to expect from Chelsea. I mean, I Chelsea. Well, for me, Chelsea are, t- are tough because you, we used to see Chelsea, you know, win games 
heavily at times and we don't see that at the moment but you know we still scored the second most goals in the league this season and obviously the only team that have gone above us now are Liverpool with those two goals against City conceded the joint least amount of goals this season with three like Chelsea are a, a good team and there's games that we do pull out big results in but I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know it's always it's always tough to talk about your own team because I don't want to come across too biased but yeah, I, I feel like Chelsea still perform well, and obviously we do still win games. But it's just harder yep. now. Like you look at the Southampton game at the weekend; it was one-one until a few minutes towards the end, and again Southampton went down to ten men. Would Chelsea have got a three-one win if James Ward-Prowse stays on that pitch? Probably not. Uh, we were probably playing towards a draw. Yeah, but th- but that that is football. And, and I think with the advent of, you know, espe- TV, in the Premier League anyway, with these clubs being now super rich because of new TV agreements, um, teams like Brentford and, you know, Brighton have an opportunity to show that, well, you know, what you know what they're made of. Well, Brentford are playing out of their, out of their skin at the moment. Yeah, but Brighton is only two points off the lead. Brentford is four points off the lead. Brighton have had an an absolutely outstanding season. I think Potter has, over the last couple of years, moulded this Brighton team into the team that he wants them to be and they're now playing that way. Brentford is the real shocker because, you know, I don't want to say it's doing a Sheffield United, but, you know, when they came up a couple of years ago, Sheffield United, they really did push for the top six for a while and Brentford are doing that right now. I think Sheffield, a lot of it has been... They know how to play one way and they play it really well. Brentford is making the most out of everything that's available to them. You know, we talked about it last week, you know, advanced analytics. Um, building, like molding their team tactics around a skeleton, you know, way of playing. Being super adaptable. I didn't think Sheffield was super adaptable. They just did one thing really, really well. Yeah. And they got found out at the after the COVID break. I mean, Brentford have now beaten, beaten Arsenal. They've beaten Wolves who have performed well in, re- in yep. previous seasons they've beaten West Ham they've drawn with Liverpool drawn with Aston Villa like it's if 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 it was a week against Man, Man United playing against Brentford as of right now I wouldn't be confident with a win and it's funny you say that because obviously the next Premier League game after the international break is Brentford Chelsea and as a Chelsea fan I don't feel confident that you that you could go go to Brentford and smash them 3-0 and get three points I, I you know you know, back in again, going back to the day of Big Four, yeah, you go to these clubs and you think it's an easy clean sheet, easy, easy win, yeah. Like you pick up back then, these kind of clubs were clubs like Wigan, yeah. And if you get Swansea. a one nil, it's because you didn't finish, not because they defended well, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now you go, you think, hang on a minute, I have to adjust my defensive schemes because they're going to score, and, and especially the way Brentford play, you know, they've got Tony and Mbwemo up front who are quick, they can hit you on the counter. You need quicker defenders in there if you're playing three at the back from a Chelsea point of view, yeah. You know. Is Lukaku going to outmuscle a a a, 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 a I can't remember how to say his name. Um, uh, Ethan Pinnock. Is he going to outmuscle him? I, but maybe not. Brentford will go into that game being fearless. Yeah, at home with a new stadium with a full crowd. It's it's, it's going to this is going to be probably one of the toughest places to go this season for any team. Yeah, because because there is there is absolutely no pressure on on Brentford at all to perform or to pick up points anywhere. Yep, and then you look at look at Brighton at the moment as you said Brighton are another one performing well but I, I think Brentford is doing well and they fully expected it last season uh, two seasons ago Sheffield I think they were a little bit caught up by it yeah I don't know I'm just uh, Phil if you're listening I do apologise my friend Phil he's a Sheffield, he's from Sheffield so he's <laughs> he's a Sheffield United um, anyway I mean we uh, just going off Brighton as well you know we look at them and they haven't had as an impressive start as Brentford but they're higher in the league, you know. They've beaten Burnley, they've beaten Watford, they've beaten Brentford, they've beaten Leicester, they've drawn with Arsenal, they've drawn with Palace. It's not that same caliber of opponent as yep. Brentford have had, but they're higher in the league and they're, they're doing what they need to do. And obviously, after the international break, Brentford come to Norwich. And yeah, that's going to be a game again. They're going to look at it and go, "This is three points." Yeah, Brentford will be thinking easy. Yeah, we're going to break them apart. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I know after the Norwich game, Brighton then have City and Liverpool, which will be two harder games, which will probably bring them back down to earth. But at the moment, Brighton will feel like they can go to these teams and get yeah. points. 
Yeah. And th- again, it goes back to that big club, little club. You know, City fans, uh, Liverpool fans, they'll probably feel like they could smash Br- Brighton. But this season and how Brighton are playing, you just can't predict that. I think big clubs, I think w- if we look at it, are the clubs right now, are just the clubs with big names and big resources. Yeah. Right? You look at Tottenham, they're still a big club. They're still, we still talk about it because Harry Kane will sell news. Sun Hyung Min will sell news. You look at Man United, Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, we talk about the Brunos. We talk about, you know, the Rashfords. Um, you look at Chelsea, right? Lukaku. Yeah. These are big names. But you look at these, quote-unquote, smaller clubs. I can, I, I, as a casual, I can tell you I don't remember a single Brighton player's name or Brentford, except Tone, because I've got him on my team, <laughs> fantasy <laughs> team. Um, but, you know, with so much other resources going, I think um, uh, football is... Uh, is learning from American sports when it comes to like again hiring entire teams just to look at advanced analytics, looking using analytics to look at where their teams are doing well and doing not well, uh, not so well. They they are leveraging an advantage that not that they can have even without big name players. And if you look at baseball, it took baseball a long time to look into advanced analytics, and that's why Moneyball had its long st- long stay. Yeah, and so I think. Big clubs are not a thing in the past because they, the money will always become like one day they'll catch on to the, to the advanced analytics, right? And they'll be able to use their resources to maximize their resources. So I'm not saying big clubs are gone because you know I th- I do think they're too big to fail. But are we looking at uh, this this next few years as these quote unquote smaller clubs? leveraging an advantage that wasn't there before to just upset the balance a little bit. Does it also make a difference now that these so-called smaller clubs have players that would sell for 30, 40 million? I mean, you look at Brighton and you said you look at Ivan Tony, he's, you know, his value is around about 30 million. Brentford, you've got Basuma, who, you know, United have been linked with, Liverpool have been linked with, his value is around 30 million. You've got these teams now that don't just have small players. You've got players that will sell money. Mopay for Brighton, 20 million player. These aren't just small players playing for small clubs anymore. You've got big players playing for mid-table clubs that want to contend to be in the top seven, six and get into Europe. Uh, These clubs as well are not because of the financial firepower that that the Premier League has been able to bring bring in are not as desperate to sell anymore. Yeah. Right. If 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 Brighton, you know, in previous seasons and um, Brentford this season, will be looking if we stay, we're going to get another big payday. We're going to get two consecutive big paydays for the Premier League. They don't have to think too much about selling their players. Like they will sell only, you know, in on to honor their players who serve them well, yeah. or if they really have to get rid of a toxic member of the team, they they no longer have to sell because that's the only way they can get an income. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I was just looking at even you know Norwich. You've got Cantwell and Aaron, who are both twenty, twenty-five, thirty million pound players, just for being just having that English tax kind of thing. So English tax, and they're you know they're like the only bright spot in that team. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but you, you've got all these players that will will sell for money, and yeah. therefore you can't really have a, a little club anymore because if clubs wanted to, they could turn over three players and have a hundred million in the bank, and yeah, it's 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 the money, isn't yeah. it? At the end of the day, and. And big clubs just don't and exist, and because in I'm that same again manner. in a, using the Premier League as a sort of in its own bubble, because we have so much more power, what we can then do if we sell a player for thir- like a small small club sells a player for thirty mil, they can o- they will only need to invest seven mil into like a foreign a good foreign player, yeah, and build them up, and then yeah. they become a world class yeah. player for thirty forty million in the future. Well, to be fair, that's what um, Dortmund's been doing. Yeah, that is true, and kind of segueing into then obviously players that have increased in value in such quick time there's been a bit of a debate the last few days around a certain wonder kid teenage superstar who's now grown into a world superstar um that obviously being Kylian Mbappe oh man there's so much that's been happening with him like he deserves his own podcast but (laughs) a whole episode of just Mbappe. but I have never been a big fan of Mbappe um not because he's not a good player I like he's one of my favorite players to use (laughs) in 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 FIFA he turned PSG from one of the slowest teams to play with into one of the quickest yep. teams. Yep. 
like you know just you know R two a little bit and then he's all the way in the other over end. over the top three balls yep. and Mbappe's there yeah goal, bang done one nil same again for two nil same again for three nil but I think obviously for one the way he was transferred to PSG was such a slap in the face in uh, in terms of financial fair play yeah because how do you loan a player with the I can't remember if that's exactly how it went down, but because they have already spent 200 mil that year on PSG has already spent 200 mil that year on Neymar, they couldn't buy, technically buy him, so they loaned to bypass this. They loaned him from Monaco with a guarantee to buy the next season for another like 200 mil or something like that, 180 mil. It was something stupid, and in the, at that time, yeah, I'm now loading it up again just yeah. to go over it. Yeah, and. And just think about this, right? You are a 16-year-old, you know, who knows you're a fairly decent player. When you were 16, you were earning 60 quid a week at Monaco, one of the most glamorous cities. Well, actually, Monaco is not that glamorous. Um, but one of the more, you know, nicer places in Europe, one of the more famous places in Europe. And then next year, you got ex- then your next contract extension um, went up to £20,000 a week. And then you got immediately upgraded to 300,000 a week by Monaco in in, in attempt to be kept uh, at the club. But to no avail, uh, PSG loaned you for 311,000 pounds a week. At this point, you're 19. Um, This year, he's earning 400,000 pounds a week uh, at the end of his contract. And I just think that's a lot for a twenty, a young twenty-something to absorb. Hundred uh, percent. He went from literally nothing to having everything in his feet in the less than five years. Like, if I got, mate, I if I w- went from my job, Nathan, now to m- be made CEO of the company that we work for within five years, I crazy, think I'll get a little bit big-headed myself. Well, I think I think like I look at it, Mbappe is six months younger than me six months and the position that he's in could i be able to handle that that fame that pressure that acclaim like he is well known he's well known i would be able to handle it but he has gone about handling it in a different way and it's kind of he's playing football in the biggest city in the world one of the biggest city in in the world the one of the most glamorous anyway um he is um, playing for the richest football club in the world who's done so much marketing through him the last two years, you know, with Jordan Brand, you know, doing so much marketing through Paris with, you know, he was he in, was, was it he or was it um, Neymar that got announced through uh, the Eiffel Tower? Because no. Messi's announced, they, li- they lit up lit the up Eiffel Tower yeah. for him, didn't they? Yeah, um, it, it was only a second time. It must have been Neymar. Maybe it was Neymar. I think it was Neymar. But, um, you know, he is the... the he... D- Mbappe displaced Neymar as the key Nike guy for their Mercurial football boots, the most successful football yeah. boots ever. Always had Mercurials. Yeah. And and all that surely would make you think you're pretty damn important. He also won the World Cup by um at age eighteen. Yeah. As one of the main pa- players, not one of the bench you know, bench warmers. And then and then this summer you start to get a little little bit of a feeling that he thinks everything go revolves around him. Obviously, there's that discussion today that's come out saying that he might take a break from the France team uh, because he's getting a little bit of pressure and stick. Well, but what he's saying is, let me have a look here. Uh, I'm just going to pull up the article. Um, his words were, um, where is it? Da, da, da. Um, Oh, yeah. The most important thing is the French national team. And if the French national team is happier without me, it is like that. Yeah. Well, like, it's not all about you, mate. Like, I don't think they're going to be happier or not uh, less happy about if you're there or not. Like, well, he, ca- he, he came under a lot of stick after the World, not the World Cup, the Euros, for obviously missing that penalty against Switzerland. And this is that, that was probably the first time in his career that he's ever had that pressure and been booed and actively had fans you know but chanting against him and but i don't think that like the miss was the reason why they booed him 
it's because everything that's happened running up to the tournament and he has you know he 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 was the direct result as to why France crashed out yeah that that that's why they booed they yeah. didn't boo him because they missed they missed a penalty like everyone misses a penalty like Bruno missed a penalty this uh, the week before like uh, people weren't booing him it wasn't because of that it was because he's been he's been he's had a pretty stinking what attitude like running up to it. he was going to host a press conference uh, yeah. at the start of the tournament because he wasn't happy with some of the players how they were uh, treating him like he had a yeah, feud yeah, with Giroud was Giroud like come on man like yeah it's not the like, I expect this sort of stuff at the start of camp not like <laughs> the day before your yeah, open, opener yeah. it's, it's mad obviously and, one and, of the and who like I understand there's beef in team right you know there's 26 players there's always going to be you're always. not always going to be you know sync on by and be BFFs but you're not gonna about. You're not gonna op- like invite a press conference at camp, in front of the other twenty five players. Yeah, and just and stir stuff up. Yeah, like who do you think you are? Yeah, that, that he's always a funny one. Obviously, the one the one thing that I found out over recent times that I never picked up on originally was that um, Mbappe obviously had a trial at Chelsea when he was younger. Um, mm. Yeah, and he's 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 he stated that this is a. A big course for the development and helped him turn into the player he is today. So you know, Chelsea's academy. Uh, I saw it, it, it's a little bit of an older quote. I just never picked up on this. Um, said that he uh, spent a w- just under a week and played a friendly for Chelsea against Charlton Athletic. So you know, he, I mean that that's another question, isn't it, for Mbappe? Is that yes, he's 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 got a bit of an ego, but he hasn't proved it outside of France yet. I mean, I know he plays Champions League football. But we always, when we have the Ronaldo-Messi debate, we always talk about how Messi's only ever yep. performed in Spain. Now he's out in France. You know, he's not had the best start. Yep. Ronaldo went out and proved himself in England, in Spain, then went to Italy. Again, not back. the best in Italy, but yep. still performed. He's now back in England. And still and doing This it debate yeah. with Mbappe, like especially when we look at it with, you know, going into the future, I'm guessing this Messi-Ronaldo debate is going to turn into an Mbappe-Harland debate as to who's going to be the best, the best forward in the world. It, it's looking like that at the moment. Yep. And... Haaland, you know, he's come from Norway. He's now gone to Germany. He's looking like he's going to move on at some point soon. Yeah. Mbappe's only ever performed in France. Yeah. At least Haaland's performed in two leagues, you know. I guess it was with Salzburg, and it's not a big league, but, but also he's going through he's the perform- leagues. Haaland's performing at, a, at not the best team in their league. Yeah. Yeah. He's got less players to feed him. Yeah, less world-class yeah. calibre, isn't it? And really he's there? scoring at a stupid rate. Uh, yeah. I... I which po- I mean, I mean, the question I was going to pose on from that is that if Mbappe does eventually go to Real Madrid, will but he perform? Because Real Madrid aren't performing. But even the way he's went about going to Real Madrid, you can tell that everything has to be about him. Yeah. Like PSG is in is is has this GDP of a small Asian Pacific country, or like a small country anyway. I don't know why I said Asia Pacific. <laughs> Because that's where I'm from. <laughs> but like he, PSG is an organization that is in the middle of Europe, the heartbeat of Europe. Yeah. Um, with like, is worth, whose owners are worth a tiny country. Well, they're worth, you know, uh, Qatar. Yeah. Um, so like, who, who, why does he think that if he throws his toys out the pram, that he's going to get his way? Just think about the position he's in. And clearly, he ha- doesn't have the, the 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 cognitive ability yet, the maturity to think about it that way. Like, I, su- I suppose you know, if you played for West Ham, and you start flailing your arms around, and Real Madrid come knocking on the door of two hundred mil, sure, what West Ham might sell. But he's playing for PSG. Yeah. And and so like the way he behaved, I think is a lot of the reason why he's not having a good time now. Yeah, and I, th- I think, like, um, Mbappe, Mbappe, obviously, again, last few days, you said with his ego, came out about the whole... The club saying that he didn't, wa- he didn't say he wanted to leave until the end of the window, him saying that he wanted to leave at the start of the window, and now, obviously, them saying that there'll be a decision by 1st of January whether, like, what's going to happen if they make the decision that they're not going to sell Mbappe, does Mbappe throw his toys out the pram? I, I think... I think this sort of s- slight change of tone in at PSG 
is that they realize Mbappe is slowly becoming a locker room cancer and to gel Messi into that team they have to get rid of one of the big three there's there's two, there's now too many big players at PSG there's too many in in similar positions yeah in similar positions and Neymar is your golden child you moved heaven and earth to get him there so you're not going to get rid of him no Messi is your new yeah, the 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 player's gonna take your club to be taken seriously by the traditional big clubs. You're not gonna get rid of him. No. I mean Di Maria again treated him really well the last few years. They're mm. not gonna get rid of Di Maria. Um Well they need Di Maria, I think. Tactically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got obviously Akadi as well who mm-hmm. yeah, Maybe him all, too. All, all international teammates as well. Yep. So you you keep I think that's one of the main reasons you you attract players these days is that when a player goes to join a club, if they've got players they're going to gel with. Yep, it's fine. Like I look at it, you know, relating it to my point of view as a Chelsea fan. You know, we got Saul on that final day of the season. We didn't necessarily need him, but we got him because of Kepa. Mm. And it's having those players that you know who you spend time around with national teams and you're friends with and you've grown up with. Yep. When you have them players, it can draw in bigger names. Yep. Even even if yeah, you're back to the small club. Even if you're a smaller club, if you've got those players around, that will bring players in, and probably it will never come out. I can't say this for definite, but Messi's gone to PSG not mainly for the money, yes, but obviously he's got teammates there. He's got people that he knows he's got there. His mates there. Pochettino's Argentine. Yeah, Argentine. Yeah, that, and that yeah. makes it easier. And it, it from those other forwards, who do you get rid of? Yeah, Mbappe. Yeah, and I think. Mbappe's going to go to Madrid, Madrid, isn't he? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and he look at the state of Madrid now. He's going to be the next thing. If Slight tangent. If Mbappe does go to Real Madrid, slight tangent. I never plan to talk about this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Where does Haaland go? If Lukaku then go to Chelsea, I would say Chelsea. Well, you know, which team needs a centre forward? Man City. Man City, yeah. Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham's a joke, man. Um sorry, Joe. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, sh- I, I this this whole Mbappe thing, I just think it's is what another reason why having big name players is not necessarily as good as it's not, you know, all fantasy and all or lovely dovely. Yeah, because players then fall out. You get players. You you, you can't mm. bring eleven world class superstars, put them into one team, and, and win the it. Champions yeah, League. It's not FIFA. Because it, yeah, it just it just it just won't happen. It it won't. Not everyone's going to be Hazard and be respectful about it. And just think about the way he left Chelsea to go to. Yeah, to go to Madrid. It's funny though um, the way Hazard go. Bef- he came just after you guys left. Uh, just after you guys won the Champions League and he left right before you guys won another one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but he's... But at know, least he's done done it in a really respectful way. Yeah, I mean, we there was a bit of fuss with him, wasn't there, originally, over the whole situation, but... Sure. He, he, he ended up leaving, you know, Courtois with another one, didn't leave as respectfully. Chelsea fans will always hold that against Courtois. Oh, yeah, and much more so than Hazard. Yeah, and... And, and you, you do think for th- those last two years at the club, Hazard gave his all. I think, there, like especially last season, you f- you kind of felt like he was carrying the team. Yeah, and so you give him that. But like, what has Mbappe done for PSG of that l- significance? It's it's to, nothing. To it's dip- nothing yeah. that Messi can do or yeah. Neymar can do or yeah. Di Maria can do. I I I am of the belief that m- if Mbappe left, the team would be doing just as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because in that league as well, there is more of a big club small club divide yeah but and things that Mbappe is a a fantastic footballer don't get me wrong and there are things that he does that I think world class but yeah it's nothing there that none of the other players in that club could do is it is it worth the the locker room troubles is it worth the drama for those abilities I, I personally don't think so not when you have 11 other really 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 good players yeah, in that league. 
Yeah, sorry, I've just been trying to look at um, transfer odds for where Haaland will go next, and apparently, currently, it's City and then United. So, yeah, but like United's name is only linked is linked to most players because Man United generates clicks around the world. Y- yeah, I get that, but also you know, with Ronaldo being old, easy, <laughs> yeah. well, old for a player, you know, yep. he's not going to be around for. He is busy mates with Sancho. Is he? Yeah, they lo- they like lo- love each other. I've I've not seen this. Yeah, dude, like he literally um when when it was announced that um Sancho was coming to United before his medical, um Harlan posted like a, a a a little comment on um Sancho's post. It was really cute. There we go. Maybe maybe Ronaldo talks Harland into joining United and becoming the next the next Ronaldo. The next big three, let's go. <laughs> um I I I I don't think he'll come to Man United. I don't think. I think I think a lot of it depends on where you finish that season before, right? I think if Ronaldo didn't come, then yes. But now I think I do personally think Ronaldo messes a lot of strategy, the growth strategy for Man United in the next few years. Personally, when does Haaland's contract expire? Twenty twenty four. Okay, so let's say next three years. You know, Ronaldo will then be. But isn't probably retired. The, the news with Haaland isn't because it w- isn't it because this year release clause, his yeah. release clause becomes yeah. really affordable in the grand scheme of things. 60, it's like sixty six point seven mil. Yeah, eighty eight mil euros or something like that. Yeah, like you know when you look at Mbappe at two hundred mil, like that's a bargain for centre forward, especially in this league where there's no, in this world where there's there are less and less clear cut world big name centre forwards. Yeah, strikers. Oh, they're not strikers. Number will, nines. Will a last point on kind of Mbappe? Then will the Mbappe situation that's happened so far? Obviously, Real Madrid had that 130 million pound bid for him rejected yep. in the summer. Real Madrid aren't performing fantastically at the moment. Mm. If they, you know, can't turn results around, Harlan proves to be a much more affordable option. 66 million then Mbappe will be does that then leave Mbappe in kind of limbo because he's missed out on his chance to Real Madrid what mindset does that then put him into does he then stay at PSG again well because like, you know he Mbappe's gonna have to go for a big fee yep. or on a free transfer yep. so if Mbappe doesn't get this move to Real Madrid where what does he do from there where does he go well he's gonna be a free agent right so you can sign with whoever then he he's going to demand huge wages because he's you know he's been paid three hundred thousand pounds since he was nineteen twenty years old. If he's miserable this season, I don't see how I can demand big wages. Because if I'm a club looking to sign Mbappe, I'd be like, okay, cool, you can go back to PSG then. Yeah, you hate true. it though. Yeah, go back for your true. big money. Like he has a lot less leverage. Leverage the way he's behaving now, I think he has a lot less leverage than he think he does. Oh, 100% at the moment. Yeah. He, yeah, especially with those bids being turned down in the summer. Yeah. He, his he, best hope again. is that Real Madrid will still come with the same offer, which Real Madrid won't. Because why would they when they can wait for another three months and then they can get him for free? Yeah. Yeah. Especially Even with the way La Liga finances are. But again, they could also now go to Haaland and be like, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll pay £66 million pounds for you, €80 million Euros for you. Done. Yeah. We've got a striker. Well, that's probably what Man City's waiting for, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is the, yeah, to be fair, that is true. You, City do need a striker, and I reckon they are just holding out for Harlem yep. now, aren't they? That's why I, d- I think there was that, that's why they were that half hearted with Harry Kane. Yeah. I don't think they're that heartbroken over not getting him. No. They've got an option next summer. Yeah. That and they've got in mind. Yeah. And they can pay the world's wage for Harlem that other clubs can't, yeah. aside from PSG. Well, they can also sell players, can't they, to make way for Haaland. They can sell players like Bernardo Silva and yeah. still have depth. Yeah. So it, beca- it, beca- it does become That's easier. the one position they need. Does it, yeah. True. I mean, we could see Haaland at City I, next. I, I can't imagine him in Sky Blue, though. <laughs> no, I can. Yeah. I'd, I'd, oh, I'd hate it. I'd hate to see it. I just think he's a cool enough guy to be like, I don't look good in that jersey. I say, as a <laughs> Chelsea fan, let's just go in for Haaland too. We'll have Lukaku and Haaland up front. Hey, at this rate, Lukaku might not work out for you guys. Uh, it's, it's okay. He's he's a you know he would have scored at the weekend if Werner wouldn't have scored, and I, you know, I'm kind of glad Werner did score in the end. Uh, I I did have one last topic down, but I'm going to save it for next week. Um, just cautious of time, and just because I know Ty will hopefully hopefully be back next week. With you know, if he if he gives us enough yep. notice that he's you know not 
not going to come and record with us. Um, I'll save it for next week because that'll be a good debate because obviously international break again this wink, week, wink. everyone. Hint, hint. So, um, it's hard to talk about Premier League topics when there's an international break on because there's usually not much news. But we can save this one. It is an international co- topic of conversation, so it gives you something to look forward to next week, um, knowing that we're going to talk about internationals. Wonderful. Wonderful. Obviously, England play on Sunday, England play on Tuesday. Uh, but that is all from us for episode eight. Um, not too bad. Uh, you know what? I do really... En- Actually, I'm not going to say that's a bit harsh, isn't it? I was going to say I really enjoy these episodes where it's just me and you two, <laughs> but I feel like that's a, that's a bit harsh. I, I do miss Ty. Ty does bring a lot to this. Also, uh, apologies who, to everyone whose eardrum just burst it through my laughing. <laughs> Ty does bring a lot, but you, we don't have those controversial takes. We usually agree on a lot of things, so it's yeah. quite nice. No debating this week. What is debating? It's discussions. Just yeah, yeah. Whereas with Ty here, um, it's just it's hot takes after hot takes. It's like, have you guys watched the Hot this. Wings? Be also that. He's like the you know the Hot Wings, um, hot ones with hot wings. This on is where YouTube. they sit people down and they just eat chicken wings. And yeah. talk about things. Yeah, yeah. I he's yeah, like yeah. he's like the the bomb. <laughs> he's like the one where everyone goes, oh, this is so spicy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ty, don't worry. We we do miss you. There is a charm to that. Dearly, <laughs> we're we're not lying. Yeah, <laughs> we're just uh, not talking about Leeds so that you can talk all about it next time. There you go. Back. Yeah. yeah, everyone, get ready for some Ty Leeds takes next week. Maybe that's what we should segment part of the show to Ty's Leeds takes. Ty, the Chelsea fan who is most certainly secretly a Leeds fan. Yeah, a closet Leeds fan. He's, he's, yeah, just to all those who didn't know, Ty is actually at his uh, Bielsa shrine today. Um, <laughs> well, you know, like you know, you asked me who would I rather, who would I want to manage, Chelsea, uh, Man United, or his. If you asked him who who would want to manage Chelsea, who his would be Bielsa. On that note, I I can't even bear to face that fact. Get Bielsa away from Chelsea. That's what I would say. He's elite though. Have you not heard Ty said he's elite? Do you know who's not elite? Ty. <laughs> <laughs> and on that on note, that everyone, note. thank you for listening to episode eight of our podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week um, with Ty back and us being the three. Let's go. Yeah. Any any final words, Tim? Um, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Have a good week. We're in and we'll back. Catch stay you safe. Stay safe. We'll catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>